Another scaring is sharing. Yeah, the place where we come together to share our scares with each other and you. As always, it's your hosts, Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Lem Lorosk. And Brandy Joe, the Flaming Scream Queen, Plumback. What's up? What's up? <laughs> so, Jeremy, it's so good to see you. Yeah, as I always. I have to say, when I was editing our last episode where we talked about men, yeah. like when we got to the part where you told me about that guy playing all of the parts, yeah, I was truly shocked and surprised, but it did totally sound like I was being facetious. Yeah, I know. Because you kind of came back at me and you're like, yeah. I, I totally <laughs> thought you were fucking with me in no, that moment. No, I truly like, I was, was shocked. I was so truly <laughs> like astounded that I was like, wait, you didn't catch that. And then literally, I want to say literally in the news, there's that story that Brad Pitt has face blindness. What um, the fuck does that mean? Th- there is an actual condition where people have uh, uh, issues recognizing faces and like being able to like tell people apart and remember what people look like when you see them. Um, that sounds horrifying. And it can vary from degrees. But yeah, Brad Pitt was saying that he has it to some extent. He has trouble like remembering faces. Weird. Uh, and I mean, it's very real. So I starting to want, and I feel like it affects people more to varying degrees than they realize. So I wonder, uh, you know, some people are more sensitive and some people I like, I know I always remember faces. I remember, you know, that I've seen people before, even if I don't know their names, because uh, I'm very good with that. Whereas I have like a really good buddy who is horrible. Like he doesn't remember, you know, what people look like, even if we've met them before and stuff like that. So um, that's what I was wondering is like, okay, maybe you just a little bit, just all they have to do is change something. And you're, (laughs) you're, you're a little easier to be like, Oh no, that's a different person. Whereas I'm like, no, that's the same face. That's the same face. Yeah. I hate, I often, I wonder if I'm, I'm just going to say I suffer from that as well. We'll just say that. Yeah. I wonder, cause sometimes I do have like, like, I'm not sure if I met someone. I've had it happen too many times where I've said, like, hi, I'm Brandy Joe. And someone's like, yeah, we met, like, seven times. Mm-hmm. But now I, I, my go-to is, we've met before, right? Like, that's my go-to response now as opposed to introducing myself like we have not. Because I don't, like, I'd rather someone be like, yeah, we met at the whatever. As opposed to, like, um, why are you introducing yourself? We've met. Mm-hmm. But, like, I have a hard time remembering sometimes. I definitely am bad with names. Yeah, see... I'm good. I was going to say that I'm good with faces, but I'm horrible with names. Like I have, you have to tell me a billion times before I remember what your name is. Like when I first meet people. So I do try to, I know I like, I try to come up with like those crazy little games in my head where I say the name 20 times or like do an associate sort of thing with the person to like Mm. link them in my mind. So I also like keep lists, like one of my workplaces, like I keep like a a notepad on my phone where I'll put the person's name and I'll put a little descriptor, which hopefully no one ever looks at it because there's probably things that like, I shouldn't like be using to describe someone, but I do because it's like a way for me to like pull it up and be like, okay, that's that person's name. Yep. So Mm -hmm. that's helpful. But if you've never joined us before, Jeremy and I come together. We talk about some horror-related things and just life. Yeah, this is actually about scary movies mostly, but also (laughs) about lives. Yeah, because that's what podcasts are all about, truly. Yeah, truly. It's really about the personalities that you're hanging out with. 
So, Jeremy, the biggest shocker this week came from my husband, who shared this news with me. Oh, yeah. No, it's exciting. So, the Hollywood oh, okay, Critics good. Association has an, like an awards. And uh-huh. guess what's nominated for best drama? Best drama. Oh, let me guess. I want to think. The Hollywood Critics Association for best drama. Uh, Black Phone. No, I'm sorry. For a TV show. Oh, a TV sorry, show. It's a TV series. Oh, I was thing. thinking of so, movies. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was thinking of movies. No, uh, TV series. I don't know. As riveting as this is. Yeah. I don't <laughs> Chucky. know. Oh, really? Is that crazy? I never would have guessed that in a billion years. I know. I was shocked. I mean, the Hollywood Critics Association, I don't know like how much of a big deal it is, mm-hmm. but I was still pretty surprised. I am too. It's Chucky, Snowpiercer, and Yellow Jackets are all sort of three genre-y things that have made it Yeah. There. I would yeah. never guess any of those. Like Snowpiercer, I know, had like a cult following, but I didn't think critics loved it. But Also, though, like looking at the list for best drama alone, there's a show from AMC, Sci-Fi, HBO, TNT, and Showtime. So it sort of feels like maybe they're like, let's give every network something. And what else are they going to give the Sci-Fi network? But yeah. Chucky. Yeah, they you know? don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't even think there are any other scripted shows I can think of on sci-fi right now. I'm sure there's something, but my husband has started Chucky, I think mostly because he's sort of excited about the 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 news of like who's gonna be on the second season and stuff. So mm-hmm. that's kind of fun. Yeah, I need to check it out somewhere, find it and watch it. Now I know we were talking about the ruins before, which is written by Scott Smith. And yeah. have you ever read A Simple Plan? Is that what that movie's called? That book? There's a movie with um, Bridget Fonda and um, Billy Bob Thornton, I want to say. Yeah, Billy Bob Thornton, um, uh, A Simple Plan. It was directed by Sam Raimi, I know. Yes, the movie. yes. So, have you seen the movie? I've read the book. I've not read the book, and I believe I've seen like bits and pieces of the movie years ago, but I've never gotten to watch like the whole thing all the way through. The book is absolutely brilliant. I don't love the movie, but the book mm-hmm. is fucking awesome. Yeah. So you got to check that out, but okay. definitely read the book. It is fucking great. Yeah. And the movie's I, fine. I don't love Bridget Fonda and that character is so, so good in the book. People like loved her in the movie, but I, I just typically <clears throat> don't enjoy her. Okay. I think yeah, she's lackluster. And, yeah, Scott Smith too seems to have popped back up into the ether. <laughs> like we're just on it, man. We're on the pulse every time. Yeah. Uh, every time we pick something, we're talking about uh, a creator of some kind. I'm seeing them all over the place of now online where people are like, by the way, Scott Smith's a really good horror and thriller writer, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I know who that is now. Cause <laughs> watching the ruins. Yes. The ruins. Uh, I have one other bit of news. And then I think I'm all tapped out. I think I, I that's everything I got for you. Yeah. And I've um, got nothing. So. <laughs> well, this will be a really short episode. Yep. Uh, have you heard this interesting um, drama between Doja cat and Noah Schnapp or Schnapp from Stranger Things. You know who Doja Cat is? She's like a rapper. Yeah, yeah no, Doja Cat, I know. Who does Noah Schnapp Sh- play? He plays well. Oh, okay. No, I haven't heard of so this. So Doja slid into Noah's DMs. Whoa. And asked if he could like connect her with the guy who played Eddie. Oh, okay. And Noah screenshotted this message from Doja Cat and like put it up on his like Instagram stories. Uh-huh. And Doja Cat 
is pissed. <laughs> he has since taken it down, but uh-huh. she's like, what a little snake. <laughs> and she's all upset because, I mean, I don't know what his story was. I don't know if he was like, oh my God, like how annoying celebrities sliding my DMs to ask me to like, connect them with somebody else because i think she probably was like oh my god that guy's hot like can you hook me up yeah that's why you know that that that's why you do that uh like why doesn't she just come out and why doesn't she just call him up it should be real easy you're doja cat like i'm (laughs) sure you can just you know get your people to call him so especially this is like his biggest deal i mean he's had a little like stint on um what the fuck is it called? Game of Thrones and some yep. other British stuff because he's British. But mm-hmm. like, this is definitely like his his big thing. So I'm sure. I mean, I don't. I couldn't probably point out a Doja Cat song in a lineup. Nope. But I I definitely know who she is. Like so. Like I'm. But like you're saying, I'm sure she could. I'm, and that's it. Maybe she just didn't know how else to reach him and just was like, hey, we're friends on instagram i'll ask you and you're on that show that's ridiculous he was like what the fuck but yeah so it's very i just i'm i'm fascinated by it that that celebrities are trying to ask other celebrities to meet up with lesser celebrities and not to call that guy like a lesser celebrity but he is i mean he's great and he'll be huge cats at a different level where it's also (laughs) funny too that she would get mad about i feel like these celebrities at a certain level have like this image where they're like i would never beg for a hookup like i don't want the world to know that that's what I was doing. So it's all very, it's very all, it's interesting. It's all image shit. I'm sure that's why she's upset. Oh, there's a top 10 best horror movies of 2022 from Mojo. I need to watch that mm. so far ha- as we're halfway through very you know, cool. the year, but I wanted to, I know I talked about the um, 86 things you missed in scream 2022 video before. And I just yeah. wanted to give a shout out to the guy who actually does the videos at CZ's world, like okay. Chucky zebra CZ's world. And I called okay. him awkward. That's not quite right. I don't know what the term is to describe this particular um, person. He's very just sort of, um, dry i guess but that doesn't mean okay. he's awkward but yeah. like as he has a lot of these videos and i think that there that there's lots of little tidbits and they're like i said that i just did not know and i find them really really kind of fascinating so oh, cool yeah check it out yeah i gotta find that i was trying to really quickly look up i felt like maybe there was some uh mostly i've been plugged into the the home video as we used to call it uh announcements and stuff because it seems like over the summer is always when all the little scream factory and arrow video and all the you know boutique labels that put out these collector's editions start making big announcements in the summer so i was double checking that um i am interested to see it looks like shout factory or scream factory through their their horror based label shout factory are putting out a 4k collector set of the remake of the evil dead Um, which that's a, that would be a nice upgrade because it has, I don't think it's been an ultra high definition yet, but everybody's wondering, will it include, apparently there is an alternate cut of Uh evil dead, the remake that I think got some limited exposure, but not nearly enough that people say is better because it's got more gore effects in there. And there was some, if you, if you go back and watch the remakes trailer, there's more than a few scenes that happen in it that are actually not in the movie that was in theaters, but apparently they're from this director's cut that um, okay. is floating around out there. And I've always been fascinated to see this director's cut. So, yeah, it's yeah. 
and nowadays with things being like digital, it mm -hmm. just seems like all of that should be so much more easy to like keep and release later when yes. something is a hit as yep. opposed to the old days where I can understand film got like destroyed. Mm -hmm. They were like cleaning out a closet or whatever and just yep. burned it, it or out. threw it away. Nobody whatever. knows what happened to it. Yep. Literally. That's why yeah. so, there's so many, that's why the, um, uh, cause it was still the nineties. Th that is why the, well, I don't know if you'd call it a director's cut, but like the work print cut of event horizon does yeah. not exist. You we're never going to see it because the actual like film of it was destroyed. It's long gone. Paramount. I think it was Paramount that owned it. They don't know what happened to it. It got, you know, thrown out. Uh, that's why the only versions of some of these unrated, like the director's cut clips you'll see are on really shitty, like video. Cause that's what survived was like the video transfer, not the actual film itself. So <laughs> Unfortunately, so, yeah. don't hold your breath for an Event Horizon director's cut anytime soon. But it is all those that lore and all yep. those stories about things that are were there yep. or filmed or whatever. It's or, just um, fascinating. Another one I thought of is Wes Craven's what is it? Curse or Curse, yes. the werewolf movie, where yes. apparently there's a radically different movie that Wes finished, but uh, it's nobody can find a complete print of it. The, like his actual director's cut, his vision of what the movie was supposed to be. Most of it was destroyed apparently. So, or lost. Yeah. And that's, I think the subject of like a really good movie is doing, and maybe there it exists, but like, I don't know, someone like searching for these lost cuts of something. I know that there's, mm. there's that really horrible one. I think I talked about at some point, which I don't even remember the fucking name of it. Now it came out a few years ago and it has sort of like a devil, looking creature oh, on like the yeah. cover. Yep, I know the it's one you're like talking about. Something like the most the scariest and it's all about like a movie you watch and yep. it's like Infernium or something like that. I can't remember. Oh it's got God, some it's weird name. Yep. So bad. Where the movie within the movie is a lost film that makes yes. you go insane or something yes. if you watch yes. it, which is like kind of tropey that that's been done. But before, it, it but. I, I don't remember Joe and I watched like some like game shows that have been rehashed, like The Weakest Link and Pressure Luck and things like that. And I can't remember which one it was, but one of them, it may have actually been um, The Chase, which I love so much. And they, I think it's on Netflix as well. But that's like, the, there's been a couple reincarnations of it. But there's mm -hmm. a, a term for when you look at a piece of art and it's so overwhelming that you pass out. Oh, weird. And that's like a true, real thing. And isn't oh, that just cool. fascinating? That is fascinating. I don't think I've ever felt that. I mean, I know I talked about it before, but Bug Crush kind of did that for me. Not in like a good way, but like in a, this is... Yeah, you felt so uncomfortable. Like almost like triggered. Like it yeah. tapped into that that thing of being somewhere where everyone's like all of a sudden against you and there's like no way out. Like that is such a horrifying thing to me. That has to be one of the scariest things ever is to all of a sudden realize, oh, you're in the wrong place with all the wrong people. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is so horrifying. Yeah. And, yeah, but, so, that was different, but I still, like, that concept to me Yeah. is amazing. And I know it is sort of the subject of lots of things. There's some Chuck Polinick, how do, how do you pronounce his last oh, name? Oh, yeah, Chuck Polinick, you got it right. Yeah, there's, I think, Diary is the name of the book. It's sort of is kind of around something similar to that. Like there's this giant piece of art and that's where I could see it happening the most is if there was like a giant, 
painting or work that like you stood in front of and it just overwhelms you because of its size and beauty as mm-hmm. opposed to like something small i feel like would be less i don't know would have a, a lesser effect on you than something that's larger than you and you know larger than you're used to but i can see like seeing a gigantic painting of something that's well lit and the colors and that it just overtakes you but like i love that concept that really like i don't know why that just like excites me that that can happen to people yeah there's there's a, a kind of similar to what is it the the david foster wallace novel infinite jest um that's got like a plot line in there where there's like a movie that if you watch it you'll commit suicide after it's done or something like that like it's so so good apparently that you'll never want to do anything else after you watch the movie um that's being like yeah i never i've i've read part of the book never read the whole thing because if anyone knows infinite jest is a fucking phone book it's like over you know it's thousands of pages long so i doubt i'll ever finish it in my lifetime but that's one of the plot lines i was gonna say if you don't understand that metaphor of it being like a phone book then you know what you're a baby you're a baby um (laughs) and then there's uh uh was it the john carpenter remember cigarette burns cigarette burns right didn't that movie it made people go insane or whatever if they watched it because yeah and they like burned down a theater or something yes yep because uh that was a good one masters of horror i thought a lot of talk about masters of horror i remember a lot of them for a minute years ago most of them were on like netflix i remember that's how i watched it and i like ran through all of the ones netflix had uh and cigarette burns is the only one i remember actually being like that one was pretty good most of them feel kind of mediocre even though they're coming from like you know these horror greats but cigarette burns is one of the few i remember standing out as an actually good one yeah, I didn't really like any of them, I gotta say. I know people, I think, the most talked about Imprint. Yes, which was, Takashi I, Mika's uh, yeah. one, and that was just because it's Takashi Mika, and he's always going for extreme violence, so. Yep, and I, I remember that one. I just remember things going under fingernails. Yeah. That's what I remember. Yeah, he likes to have some kind of body horror uh or torture in there that's like usually to Americans and why are we so squeamish about that? But it always fucks us up. So we're like too much banned from TV. <laughs> I know it's like, um, there are worse things in this world. Yeah, and, and now it feels, to them? now it feels quaint. Yep. Like yep. you just given a few more years and all of a sudden it's like, no, we've made movies that are grosser now. So <laughs> over here. So, so silly. Yes. I don't oh, think I have anything go. else. What else? That's Jeremy? it. That's it. That's it. That's, those are all my digressions. I, Did you watch anything this week? I know we just saw each other not too terribly long ago, no, so that no. doesn't help. No, I got nothing else really new either. All right. Well, then let's just do this. I guess let's well, first move of all, on. We don't yeah. have any teragrams, which is fine. It it's, it's, happens less than it does more. But if you want to write us, we'd love that. Scaring is sharing at gmail.com or slide into the DMs on our Instagram, which is all one word. Scaring is sharing. Yeah, just make like Doja Cat and slide into those DMs. <laughs> good. Uh, that was a good callback. Well, I guess let's get on to the movie assignments. All right. Well, it's my turn to go first this it is. week. And Indeed. I know that you've sort of been in the habit of giving movies that remind you of summer. I don't mm-hmm. even know if this takes place in summer, but when I think of it, it seems all warm and and, and whatnot. So I'm giving you Palm Springs. Palm Springs. This sounds, the name sounds familiar, but I got no idea what the fuck this no? is. So, yeah, no, I feel like it's recent. 
and one of those like probably kids on a vacation and shit goes wrong kind of thriller <laughs> where whether there's whether there's a killer in their midst or something, I don't know. But that's what I think it's about. That's amazing. I thought you were to like know pretty much everything about this. And it might no, all come back to you as you It might, it. yeah. But right now, the name does not ring any bells. So. And it's going to bring back a conversation we've been having for weeks. So. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Exciting. Oh, I am excited. Yay. Okay. And I, I was struggling this morning because I was like, I want to give you something. I was going through my list for like, what's the funnest dumbest movie silliest oh things i've got that i'm like because that's what i think of summer is like uh stuff like that fun and dumb fun and dumb that's what i remember being on you know cable and catching some of these flicks so i'm assigning you night of the comet oh my god i've wanted to watch this for so long uh because it reminds me of being a kid. It was on like HBO a lot, but like I yeah. never could get into it. I know it's about like sisters, I think, or best friends. It's very 80s. And I can see like the poster. I feel like there's something with like a big movie theater, like an empty movie theater. I don't know why that seems to stick out in my mind. Definitely a sort of like an an end of the worldy sort of something happens in the world and there's not a whole lot of people left. So I think it's going to be sort of like these sisters. I just remember eighties fashion. When I think of this movie, that's what comes to mind is like what they're wearing, like big bows in their hair uh-huh. or like, I don't know, leg warmers or something like that. Um, Your wife made me leg warmers once yellow ones when we were oh, in school. Really? Yep. Yep. Wow. I still have them. I think somewhere in my closet. She also made me, she knitted me like a, a hat with like a beard you know how like, <laughs> yeah. like I had to shave my beard a lot in college. Um, uh-huh. Anyway, I digress. So, and then I think that it's like lots of these po- lots of these post-apocalyptic movies where there's like gangs of people that like you know are trying to like own the land because there's no more like general law enforcement. Yeah. So I Man, feel like it's Man sort Max of like style. Yes. Yes. I feel like it's like a teeny version and teeny meaning like teenagery version yep. of like Mad Max, but less extreme, less like. Less Tina Turner, mm-hmm. probably some motor. I'm going to say there's going to be some motorcycles, like some biker gangy sort of stuff, as opposed to that full on, I don't know, like weird <laughs> scavenger punk rock. Yeah. Although I have never people. seen any of those movies, so yeah, and probably duly, adjacent enough. Duly noted, because uh, <laughs> I've been I've been thinking about some of those for. I think they're adjacent enough to the show that I could throw some Mad Max at you. My friend Ryan, uh, who is in You've Got Mail, he's the one who came to the black phone with us. Yeah. He recently watched Escape to New York for the first time. Which Escape was from fun. New York. From, not to. Yeah. From. They want to get out of it. They want to get out of it, not go to it. Yeah. But that was fun to talk to him about that. And I was like, I've watched that show because, that show, that movie because of you. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, did, he, did he enjoy it? He did. Yeah. Cool. He did enjoy it. Yeah. yeah it, I think he shared some similar feelings that I had. Yeah, it is immensely silly, but it yeah. is it is a fun fun watch. It's a good time, and I yep. think this is going to be a good time. I'm really excited about that. Cool, I'm excited yeah. to talk about it. I haven't watched it in a while, but every time I do, I'm always like, "That was a fun movie!" So I'm excited. Well, let's get to it. Yeah, let's do it. Don't you blame the movies? Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. This is the second half where we talk about movies. Yeah, the movies we assign to each other. 
Hopefully you listen to the first half or else if you're just jumping into the middle of podcasts, you're confused. And hopefully you watched the movie I assigned you. I did. <laughs> well, I didn't watch the one you gave me, so it'll okay. be fun. No, cool. just kidding. Just make something up. <laughs> All right, we are starting with Palm Springs from 2020, and the tagline is, Live Like There's No Tomorrow. And the summary from IMDb this time is just shorter and more to the point. Good. Stuck in a time loop, two wedding guests develop a budding romance while living the same day over and over and over again. I may have added it and over again but it's appropriate okay it is it is appropriate um i was gonna say spoilers but i guess this movie kind of like reveals itself pretty early in like i got keyed having gone into this knowing nothing about it i got keyed in pretty quickly where i'm like uh is this going to be a groundhog day situation (laughs) uh and indeed it is but it's the you know the twist they put on it the fun um and yes, I'm sure people will be like, if anyone watched this, they're like, uh, you guys are a horror movie podcast. Like, what is this movie? And it is adjacent enough in my mind. I will I will fight. We get to put whatever we want on here for one. Yeah, no, I definitely consider it a genre film, as we talked about. Like, it's, yeah. I, I guess, like, if you were to truly classify, it'd be like a sci-fi rom-com, kind of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I feel like the scenario itself is heavy and freaky enough like because they they get into the, the emotional weight of having uh lived the day over a, a lot more than i think i mean groundhog day goes a little dark but they play it all for laughs they don't really like reckon with the philosophical uh nature uh, of the time loop not the way this movie does so and i think also groundhog day and it's been a million years since I've seen it. It was, I, I saw, I watched it in Spain. Like I'd seen it in America and then it was playing in Spain the summer I spent there as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so like, and I went because like I knew it. And so like, even though they had dubbed it, I knew what was going on. So I remember going to see it there for whatever reason that like stands out in my head. But <laughs> am I, aren't I correct that in Groundhog Day, he has to like realize he's a jerk and be a nice guy. And then Yes, correct. That's that's what happens. And here it's like they know like they know that scenario and they try that and it doesn't work. So it's not like, oh, these like moral things in order to move past it. It is like something weird happened in the world. There's this weird tunnel. There's this weird phenomena that caused it and they happen to be a part of. They have to use science to get out. Right. And speaking (laughs) to what you said about like right from the get go, it, it like you knowing what it is. I, there was some interview with like Andy Samberg, and he said, based on the amount of movies that are like Groundhog Day, they decided like we don't need to take the time to set up the scenario before we get into it. Like, let's just get into it. People are familiar enough, so we don't have to waste time with like let's meet these people and then let's get like let's just dive right into it. I and think I, that worked perfectly. I appreciate it. It really does just like move right along. Like, I mean, it's an hour and a half, which we love. Mm-hmm. And and it never it never feels long. It just like trucks right along. I love it so much. I think I find it so dear and so sweet and so funny. Yeah. Uh my wife wanted me to tell you kudos to you for tricking me into watching a rom com. Uh, a <laughs> did genre she watch that it with you? She did. She did. She 
really wanted to see it. So she watched it with me and she's like, how is this related to horror movies at all? So um, <laughs> I knew, I knew. I mean, but I was just like, it's, and it's so summary. Like, that's what it I said. It's, like it's adjacent enough because we verge into science fiction and the related genres to, uh, to horror. So, um, but yeah, no, I usually just don't rom-com is not necessarily uh, what I'm looking for, especially in like the modern era. I feel like I like, you know, John Cusack and John Hughes type stuff from the 80s rom-coms but that's kind of you know I do not seek that out in like modern film viewing so uh good on you for slipping that one in there and I like to slip it in yeah you do and I (laughs) and I loved it so they're all so good too like even down to like the tiny like her sister and his, his girlfriend. I, I just, I love them. That girl from Search Party of the Blonde is so funny. And the sister from Riverdale is so gorgeous. She barely says a word. Um, so question, when, so not really spoilers because whatever. Like, I mean, the only spoilery thing is really talking about the end, I think. And we'll get to that eventually. But do you think when she whispers to her sister, sort of thinking she's got to be a better person, like, does she just tell her what happened, what she did? Yeah. I feel like if she did, though, don't you think the sister would have reacted more strongly? I know that was that's what I thought, unless it was like uh, I, I'm assuming it's she came clean with what she did and then also some sort of uh, sisterly love thing in there, maybe, too. But remember, the earthquake happens immediately after. So that kind of like. Uh, I think scares everybody. So we don't really see the That's prolonged true. aftermath of that scene. So I do really appreciate a movie anytime this happens, but this is one of them where things occur and you don't really know the full details of them like that moment. And at the end, she makes like a phone call. And while you can sort of assume, you know who it is, like you don't necessarily know completely. And I just, I love that. I love things being in this movie overall, even the ending is like up for interpretation. Like it is, you can decide. And based on like little things in there, it's kind of like, well, because of this, it could be this, but maybe it's not, maybe it's this. And so I, I just think that that's so fun. That's what we thought. Sarah was like, are they trapped in the next day now? (laughs) (laughs) so who knows but yeah no i think it was a happy ending to me all right well i mean we already know what it is i just want to talk about some spoilery things so get out of here if you haven't watched this it's on hulu go see it now Mm -hmm. watch it well first of all i mean i'm gonna say this it came out like the perfect time in 2020 because like it was supposed to come out in theaters and at the time at least it was like the most money ever spent to like purchase a movie at like sundance or something like that oh wow okay and by like a matter of cents like by like 67 cents or something like that but like it obviously was supposed to come out in theaters and then the pandemic happened and like what a perfect pandemic movie because we all just sort of felt like we were stuck in the same day over and over those of us who were working from home at least i'm not going to say everybody because some people were out there fighting you know disease and saving lives and And the craziness yeah (laughs) yeah, and those people their lives were not monotonous like many of us but a large portion of you know the world became very familiar with the same thing over and over and over without like leaving their houses and stuff so i think it like just came at that perfect time without that being the setup for it and i like it just couldn't have worked out better in that regard okay so about the ending like the thing that makes me wonder like that leaves it most like hmm maybe they didn't get out of it or if they did maybe it came with things it's the dinosaurs like you see the dinosaurs in the distance at the end and it's like well did they bring the dinosaurs back with them because the dinosaurs were based on like an acid trip 
or mushroom trip. Like, yeah. Hi- hypothetically, ostensibly or whatever. Hypothetically. But yeah, if this is some sort of time. Really been there. Yeah, they could have been if this was some sort of time issue. Like they maybe they were real dinosaurs that got folded into whatever this pocket dimension they're living in is. And they also, I guess, filmed multiple endings and sort of showed them to their family and friends. And they were like, what about this? What about this? So I think Andy Samberg's like, you know, whatever. Lots of people don't like the ending, but it's the one we liked the most or whatever. I liked it. I thought it worked out. I didn't expect any sort of really neat, you know, ending that would explain everything or whatever. It just needed to, it was an emotional ending. And I thought that was perfect. Now, there are some theories about, like, the grandma Nana character that she's stuck in the time loop as well, based on, like, some things she says. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I was okay. like, oh, there's something deeper there, because she is just like, well, I guess you better be going now. And I'm like, I think grandma knows more somehow, <laughs> or, like, she's not necessarily the grandma or something. Yeah, the, the theory is that she knows and she likes being stuck in it. So she just hangs out there because she talks about, I don't know, I can't remember now the line, but she says something about loving weddings and stuff. So maybe mm-hmm. is it maybe her like knowing that she's older and in her older age, she's like, oh, well, if I can relive this like amazing happy day over and over with my family and the people I love, like, that's awesome. And yeah. sort of just like embraces it. Could be that I went off on the the route of like, huh, what if she's like, she's part of the thing, like she's an intelligence that knows what's happening and is, has been watching them this whole time or something like that is mm. keyed in or is a vessel for whatever this anomaly is. So oh, she's an alien. Yeah, an alien or a higher power or whatever. When Andy Samberg runs through the list of things, he's like, maybe the, uh, the, um, what did he say? The, uh, simulation we're in it has a glitch like who knows what's going on so i'm like oh, these are the things i think about all the time <laughs> oh and dale dickey i love dale dickey and she's mm-hmm. yep she's yep. in the, the i love and i also love 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 that segment where he's going through all the people he's had sex with yep <laughs> this is so funny he's like and that one guy he put his penis in my butthole yeah yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I, I get it she's like i know how it works uh, and then uh <laughs> what was the and and, and your dad that and your was d- hilarious <laughs> oh my god peter gallagher he's still so dreamy his voice oh but, god and then he's like no i'm just messing with you and i was like yeah. oh man i was hoping that was one of the alternate I also, timelines out of curiosity if you didn't like read anything about this like do you have any theories of how long andy sandberg was like stuck in the time loop oh my god i wonder is it like Probably something like Groundhog Day, I bet, where it's like somebody did the math and he was in there for like thousands of years or something like that. Well, they said, I guess in one interview, he said somewhere between 40 years and 4,000 years or yep. something like that. But like, I guess also in another interview, he supposedly said like 40 years. Okay. Which at first, like when you're watching it, you're like, well, if he's having sex, like, why isn't he able to like come in like the beginning? But then it all sort of kind of makes it like if he's been doing this over and over and over and if like... You know, he's just like, ugh. And also, like, she's cheating on Like, she doesn't love me. Yeah, he's like, just tired. Like, all that. Yeah. But it's it like, can happen. It can happen. Because you're still living, because they made it clear that you you remember everything. And I'm sure you still are, like, tired from the time before when you wake up the next day and stuff like that. Like, you're you're living with the weight of everything that's happened and nobody else is. So. Yeah, which is the more interesting scenario, as opposed to, like, forgetting everything and starting it over. Yeah, exactly. Like, you have that learned knowledge, so. But, yeah, oh, my God, I just can't imagine being stuck over and over and over in the same day. Like, unless it was the best day ever, but even that would get so boring. 
Yeah, exactly. I I was like, at least he's in like a fun locale. Because my thought was like, <laughs> what if it was just like one of the days I go to work and come home? Like, sure, at some point I could realize I could just not go to work and go do other things. But it's still like, you know, you're not in an interesting location. I'm like, how far can I really get in <laughs> where I live and do whatever? You're just stuck there forever. <laughs> And I sort of thought, like, well, why not just not go to sleep? And then I was like, oh, yeah, he has that line about, like, going off somewhere and doing, like, crystal meth. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, well, that that makes sense if you were to be like, well, let's try and see if it's possible that maybe we don't sleep, yeah. like, what happens. Because he was like, eventually you will fall asleep. So yeah. I, I assume it keeps going until you finally do fall asleep and it jumps back to uh, the beginning. But also makes you wonder if they did get out at the end is like anything they did that day, which for the most part seemed like all good things. Like they they didn't like, you know, cause dist- mass destruction and, yeah. and ruin relationships and stuff. Like, and maybe that was the whole point. Like, hey, if this works, we want to come out and have everyone not remember the horrible things we did that day. Yep. And so like, let's go into it and like come out on the other side. Yeah, because I, I he did have a line about like he discovered the easiest thing to do was not cause terror or pain or mess with anybody. Just let everyone live the day, and that was the easiest thing to do. Because uh, of his line about you have to live with the repercussions of what you chose to do anyway, even if it resets, he still remembers. Like if he like murdered people or something like that, he would still remember all of that butt stuff. He was talking about butt stuff. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you? I also was reading that that phone call at the end was to J.K. Simmons. Her like yep. telling him that all came together for you. See, it didn't as yep. much to me, but um, yeah, but yeah, I love that end. But especially seeing Annie Zamberg in like a tux, like you know, he got out of it in some way or another because he's always not wearing that. So yep. it must be he's living that day for the first or the only time or whatever for yeah. his particular just person. one time through in that version of the timeline. Yeah. Yeah. And kudos to Andy Samberg too. I mean, I, I was thinking about how cool it is that he started on, you know, SNL and as funny as he was, it's all like, you know, frat bro kind of humor is what he had nailed down, but he is definitely a way more versatile and like deeper actor than that. So I'm glad that, uh, in this like post Brooklyn nine, nine landscape for him, they're like, Oh wait, you have a lot of like, uh, 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 feeling and emotional weight behind you so it's like oh cool you can really tackle this heady material very well too yeah because i've thought a lot about like i always sort of viewed pete davison as davidson with a d Dave- davidson i think davidson i always sort of viewed him as like the new andy samberg but i can't see him pulling something like this off quite honestly no, i don't think he has that um same palette i think he's uh better at Different things. Uh, Andy yes. Samberg. Andy Samberg cares too much. Like, <laughs> you know Davidson what I mean? Does like not. He, he he's got a lot more. Like he does emotional stuff. I think better. And Pete Davidson, I think, has more of a like. He, he's nailing the slacker thing that Andy Samberg has moved away from a lot yes. more yes. right now. So yeah, but I, I I do also love that side of this whole movie that it does get into that that range in that area of like. It isn't like, I mean, there is a little bit of like philosophical, but it also just has more of that emotional feel to it. Like even more than like Happy Death Day, which is like the same, the total horror version of of this Groundhog Day. But like 
it it's in and of itself is more a, of a slasher and a little bit like, oh, I'm a crappy person. I got to be a better person. And I love that here. It's like, that isn't what's going to save you. Yeah, it's not a moralistic story. Right. Necessarily. They find it just but because yes, it's, it is a part of it. It's just not makes the, living the easier. <laughs> Essentially yeah. being moral makes living easier through the day. So, yes. um, yeah, another one too is like, I've always liked him and I know he's good, but for some reason watching this movie, it specifically like clicked where I'm like, you know, I think JK Simmons is like one of my favorite actors because he's just so good. Uh, and I guess, you know, being like the character actor he is and popping up all over the place, I, this one really made me stop and think like, holy crap, he is super versatile because he can be dropped into any kind of movie and he seems to excel. So, yeah, I've still never seen Whiplash. Me either. Actually, you haven't. No. I, I don't think it's adjacent enough for us. No, it's not. I don't think it is at all. But, <laughs> but I still would like to watch it at some point. Hey, maybe in the future when we need to do like a Patreon or something like that and have like <laughs> additional uh, exclusive content, we can do like we watch other movies <laughs> from other genres. So, yes, Whiplash exactly. can be on that that list. Yeah, but I love it. I'm so glad you liked it. And that Sarah liked it. I figured she probably would. It seemed sort of up her alley. I kind of forgot about the rom-com part of it and just remembered it being funny. So like, Yeah, it's just kind of, kind of built in there and, uh, yeah. you know, in very science fiction, which, of course, I'm into as well. So, yeah. So All right, it well, out of five possibly time-traveling dinosaurs, how many do you get Palm Springs? I was going to go a little lower, but you know what? I thought this was super fun. So four and a half. Oh, that's exactly what I'm going to give it to. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking of four, but I'm like, nah, this was really fun. That's precisely what happened to me during this journey. So there is one. Scare of approval. Scare of approval. I think... (laughs) This is now going to go on the list of like movies. I'm just going to, you've never seen Palm Springs. Go watch it. I'm going to start telling people that now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, This was super good. And I loved watching it so much for the second time. Like there was just, I could watch it over and over. I think it's that kind of a movie. There's so much to like dig into Mm -hmm. in a non annoying way. Okay. Moving right along to uh, 1984's night of the comet. Uh, the tagline is, they came, they shopped, they saved the world. And the description is, two girls from the valley wake up to find that a passing comet has eradicated their world and left behind a mysterious red dust and a pack of cannibal mutants. With the help of a friendly truck driver, the girls save the earth from a villainous think tank, karate chop their way through flesh-eating zombies, and of course, find time to go to the mall. That description's like better than the movie, I gotta say. Like, yeah. I wish there was more of those things. Yeah. Because it is fun. It is like fun 80s movie. But like, I feel this movie would have more of a following. And I'm sure it does have a following. But mm-hmm. I feel like if there were more zombies, more like girls kicking some ass. But again, like, um, spoiler, it's like, uh, I was gonna say 100 years old. That's not true. It's like 30 years old or whatever. 40 mm-hmm. years old, close to. But it's like a guy kind of saves the day in the end. And I fucking hate that. Like, I'm like, let the girls fucking save the day completely. But no, a guy has to come in and do it. They Um, need a little Robert Beltran. There's not enough zombies. Yeah, there's. it it is funny when I think about it where I'm like, I see this get called a zombie movie a lot, but there's barely zombies in it. They are like a subplot. (laughs) A sub subplot. Yeah, they're a minor element of it. Like, I wanted, like, I in my mind, 
I didn't imagine that's what it was. I thought it was like I sort of said like like a biker gang or whatever, which there's like a little bit of that, but not like yeah, there completely. is yeah, there is a gang. Like, yep. I thought that was going to be it, as opposed to like ooh, we got to go against the scientists who are you know not mad scientists, but like deranged scientists yeah. who are. I, I also love the the element too, where they were like prepared for the comet to wreak havoc. But they're like, but we left the vents open on our facility and we still got dosed with the red dust. And so we're dying to And You're like, what weird, like what a, they're this great think tank, but they didn't think of that. Like, what is that? So I don't know. It's definitely a B movie. It definitely is. And I mean, I love the two lead girls for sure. I think Mm -hmm. they're fun. I love Regina and Samantha. I do feel they're like shopping spree. Like that mall looks so sad. Yeah, it looks so little and piddly. Yeah, um, I'm like, let's give them a nice mall to have like an 80s like craze in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It feels like they got like someone gave them like a warehouse and then they had like a budget of like two hundred dollars to like fill it with yeah, stuff. Let's to fill look it. Like a and mall. They're like, we really wanted to like uh, do a reference to Dawn of the Dead, apparently, but they got a real mall to film in, <laughs> so it worked for them. <laughs> but okay, so here's my question. Yeah. When, like, Samantha seemingly gets, like, killed by that woman, and then she dies, the scientist, Mm -hmm. how does he know, like, A, we don't see Samantha, like, come back to life, right? Like, all of a sudden, she just shows up at the facility with him, right? I didn't, like, miss something. No, yeah. She just shows up, and somehow he knows where to go, and what, okay, okay, okay. I want to make sure I didn't, like, miss something, or I watched, like, a weird cut like I did with Mother's Day. Nope, it's just, uh... (laughs) Just the writers got lazy, clearly. See, I would have even more preferred, again, going back to my, you know, whole emphasis of, like, female power, I would have preferred, like, Samantha to wake up, but if they were twins or whatever, she could have been like, I feel the energy in my twin. Or or now that I've been dosed, I have these extra layers of sensory. Something. Something, but no, it just, like, happens. And I'm like, it's so odd. And I always forget, too, that uh, every time I rewatch this, I was like, oh, yeah, Mary Warnerov is in here. That She's the scientist that pretends to kill her. And And who is she? And she's, like, a B-movie queen. She's in uh, a a ton of... B movies and all kinds of stuff. I believe she was friends with Andy Warhol. So she was kind of like a counterculture, you know, back in the day, uh, known commodity. Now they make mention of it, but I really, what all went down with Haley's comment? I don't really know. Um, it, it was, I, I don't know. Nothing really with Haley. Nothing <laughs> with they, Haley's comment. It was it just, was... yeah, when it passed the earth, apparently there were a lot of people that are like, it's going to strike the earth and be like the dinosaurs and kill us or weird shit. There was some like doomsday cults around it. So that's kind of, you know, what they were making fun of. Now, did you see whatever that fucking Netflix movie was way up there, up, up in the air or whatever? Mm. With like Jennifer Lawrence that oh, came out last Christmas. Oh, don't look up. That's yes, it. Yeah, don't, don't look, look up. up. Yeah. Did you Which, like it? I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was terrible and I didn't think it was amazing. Um, but I'm also like, you know, I like to be obstinate because I saw like the internet, the holier than thou film people on the internet were like, this is the worst movie ever made. And Ugh, I'm like, that's what I, saw. I was like, come on guys, stop being so self-righteous about it. I thought it was like really uh, fun for like a hot flash. And then it just yeah. sort of seemed to get like really it full of itself. Then and it goes it on and on. But again, like everyone likes to decide worst movie ever made. And I'm like, I there's way worse movies guys. Sure. Come yeah. on. 
I did fast being... forward to the end to see what happened. Yeah. And, and therefore, and, yeah. And that movie, I think it would have sold itself better if it had leaned into its B-movie elements, because it very much was just a big-budget version of a movie, a science fiction movie that's been made a million times, like this, Night of the Comet, like if it had leaned into a more full-on, like, Bad and McKay had flexed those Talladega Knights muscles some more, you know, Step Brothers uh, muscles some more, and made it full-on parodic comedy, then, yeah. And it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, right? I didn't, I wouldn't have thought. Weird. known. I know. And there's lots of amazing lines. I wrote down a few. It's Saturday morning. Where are the goddamn kids? And mm-hmm. she says to the one, one zombie we see, she says, come here, my ass, which I loved. Mm-hmm. And then someone said, last guy on earth is either a gentleman or a fag. Yeah, I was like, there's the <laughs> 80s when I heard yep. that line. I was like, yep. <laughs> Uh, and I liked uh, the crazy leader of the security guard gang at the mall. I'm not crazy. I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep, one of the greatest one. one-liners. Now, the gal who played Samantha, she, I was looking up her IMDb, and she's in a movie called Scream Queen Hot Tub Party, which Ooh. sounds like a delight. That sounds like a porno. <laughs> it sounds like sorority girls at the Slime bowl arama or whatever. Have you ever yep. seen that? Yeah, I've seen parts of it. I'm aware of it. Okay. And, and yeah, and that's a movie not far removed from this, really. Um, it feels like in my mind that they could be like cousins. Yeah, th- this movie too. I uh, it definitely is like a lesser cult. Like you know, th- this is like a B stringer sitting on the bench where I have all my other '80s cult movies I like a lot more and revisit more often than this one. Yeah, I do have some love for this movie because um, again, nostalgia is so powerful. Because I used to watch this like repeatedly when it was on cable as like a teenager. Because I feel like this was just built into like sci-fi or USA or all of them. I bet all of them bought it and it came in some cable package because I remember it being on TV. Definitely in the summer, too. This is like a summer movie to me. I remember seeing it, uh, you know, like middle of the day, summer vacation. Like, what's on cable? Oh, Night of the Comet, this dumb zombie movie. I'll watch this again. Um, So, yeah, this one has lived in my brain uh, since then. And I always forget that it is PG-13. So I'm always like, oh, yeah, this doesn't have like gore. I'm always shocked, like explicit nudity or gore. There's not a lot of it because this is not like a hard R movie like Return of the Living Dead or something like that. And also, this must have come out around the time of Red Dawn, right? Because it feels also in that vein. Oh, yeah. And I was going to say there, there's totally some uh, Cold War politics built into it because the fact that their dad is gone because um, he's deployed in like Nicaragua or something like that, I think. Yeah, Red Dawn came out the same year. They both came out in 84. I've never seen Red Dawn, but I don't I think I'm okay with that. I I uh, okay, yeah, I was right. I had to look that up cuz the, the, you know, the stepmom says, says something about him getting hopefully if he doesn't get blown up by Sandinistas and that was, yes. you know, that was a uh uh revolution a war that was happening in in nicaragua that the united states intervened in so i'm like oh, okay there's your cold war politics because it was the communist like revolutions in south america going on okay time so i was like oh yeah they dropped it in so like and, and it's not a big plot element so you know at the time people were just like yeah that's on their minds so watching this movie they got it but i'm like i gotta go and read history now to brush up on uh uh, this old uh, old events that kids wouldn't even remember nowadays. 
And I enjoyed at the end that you find out who DMK was, just as I had forgotten and stopped caring. Yeah, and then but all of a sudden it's like, yeah, because I kept, I remember, that I can remember every time I watched this, I'm like, is it uh, the dude that comes to help them? Uh, but no, it's not. I kept thinking it was the trucker every time I rewatch it, which would make more sense, I feel. Yeah, and I guess now that you're saying it, like, I think his name's Dupree. Yeah. And then I think the female, or then, then there's a Doris, which I think is her stepmom. So there's lots of D names. I think they were like, ooh, you're all wondering who DMK is. Well, guess what? We're going to give you a bunch of D names. Yeah. So you're wondering. So you're wondering. Or I'm sorry, Hector. That's who I was thinking it would be, but it's not Hector. Oh, is Hector so. the 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 Yeah, Hector du- du- Dupree is another character. Oh, oh, Dupree was the guy she fucked up in the booth. Yeah, that was him. But he now, dies. The one thing that I love about this movie is the poster. I think the poster is fucking gorgeous and brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, it's super cool. It's so cool. I love her like standing in my mind like at like the doorway of like the movie theater mm-hmm. and then all the stars and then all the people like looking up with like little stars in their eyes. It is like a brilliant poster. And for whatever reason, it reminds me of like the last Starfighter, which I think she was also in Catherine Mary Stewart. Yep, she was. And I've never seen the last Starfighter, but it also looks kind of fun and definitely like of its time. Yeah. Oh, that's a good and one. 84 too. as well. 1984 yep. all over again. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's really it. It's kind of real simple. It's just a bunch of like B-movie cliches from science fiction and horror crammed into one. But they're like, let's have Valley Girls as the main characters. Yeah, I just Um, wish they would have leaned into it a little harder. Yeah, done a little more with it. And the movie, uh, of course, this was an influence and inspiration for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the original movie. So Okay. Yep. I didn't know that, but that makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was also reading here, too, I like this, where it's said that the film's cult following comes from how matter-of-factly it treats its weird premise, where it's like, yeah, if this movie was more self-aware, I don't think it would work. Like, I, I think the, the movie only works in any way in that it just is. You know, the story is just the story, and they don't try to do anything cute or too uh, self-aware with it. I wish that... It would be remade, though. and Yeah, and they keep saying it's going to happen, but it, so far, it hasn't. Because, yeah, I could 100% see this, like, being a lot of fun if they were to remake it and, like, set it back in the 80s, really lean into all that nostalgia. Yeah, because everyone's crazy about 80s period pieces now, so if they did this as an 80s period piece, I think that would be awesome. Um, yeah, the remake on the Wikipedia page, it says as of April 2019, um, the uh, the screenwriter had turned in a script to Orion Pictures, but there's no other news after that. So okay. there's literally a remake script out there, probably a couple, I bet, at this point, but so far. And I didn't know Orion Pictures still exists, but they do because yeah. they were big back in the the 80s so i know i love that logo yep but looks like they might make a remake i hope it finally happens that would be fun uh yeah well out of um out of five people who have melted into red dust from a cop from the comet uh how many do you give it i'll give it three uh and i go with a four and a lot of mine is just built on i i just uh this is like a comfort movie. Every time I rewatch it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this. It takes me back. All right. Yeah, like it is, it is fun. Well, there is yet another. 
scare of approval. Second scare of approval. Yep. We're on it. There you go. Well, those are fun movies. Those are both. That was a good time. Mm -hmm. Summer fun. Summer fun. Have me a blast. Yeah. Get out there, people. Enjoy the sun. In well, some of you listening have sun all the time. If you're in Palm Springs, perhaps, but riding a dinosaur. We're we're in the Midwest, where our fun sun times are limited. That's right. Coming to an end. So get out there and watch a lot of scary movies and um, write to us, scaringasharing at gmail.com, where you can talk about all your movies because scaring is sharing. That's right. Wear sunscreen and hail Paymon. As always, guys, evil dies tonight. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.